Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. If you're going to invest in an asset class, you better take the time to become an expert and not just listen to the advice of your accountant, your attorney, your buddy, your colleagues at work. You better know all of the ins and outs. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Dr. Brian Robbins, how you doing, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Joe. Well, I'm glad to hear it and a little bit more about Brian's background. And first off, what type of doctor are you? I'm a chiropractic physician. Got it. A little bit more about Brian's background in real estate. He's a successful entrepreneur before entering the multifamily arena. He, and in the multifamily arena, he has owned his own small apartment complex, a 32,000 square foot shopping center, and some single family rentals. Now focused on helping others reach their financial goals. So with that being said, 
Brian, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. As you said, I'm a chiropractic physician by trade, but we have multidiscipline pain management facilities. So that's primarily what we've done is chiropractors, medical doctors, PTs all working together and providing that kind of care. And not all that long ago, kind of branched out and saw the benefits of commercial real estate. And it's a long story, but I walked into a room one day and I had a patient sitting on a table and he was actually in tears. And that was unusual because this guy was a big rough kind of gruff guy that worked in a blue collar job his whole life. And he asked me what he was going to do. He said, what am I going to do, Dr. Robinson? I had no idea what he's talking about. I thought we were talking about his back and said, I just invested all of my retirement funds in the stock market because I just got out of the local Goodyear plant. And he said, it crashed two days ago. What am I going to do? And this was in 07, 08. And we talked for quite a bit, but unfortunately he had put all his money in the stock market. He didn't have it in hard assets like apartments and self-storage and those kinds of assets. And so unfortunately he lost about 30 or 40% overnight. And that was of his lifetime earnings. And I realized I never wanted to be in that position. And so that's what got me really got the ball rolling on the commercial real estate for me. After you had that moment with the gentleman, what did you do after that? I began to research. We had dabbled in a few single family homes and just weren't really pushing it down the road much. We were just doing it really slow and low key and began to research, 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 read, 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 and wanted to become as knowledgeable as I could in this asset class. So that was really where I really started was just in the research component. Okay. Any particular research sources that were more beneficial than others? We did bigger pockets. I actually eventually went through a mentoring program, kind of like you guys have. It's with a company called 37th Parallel. Yep. And uh, close by where you live. Yeah, exactly. So it was close and those guys are pretty sharp. So we did that and it really advanced our learning curve very quickly. And then once you got the research phase complete or rather enough just where you felt like you're ready to rock and roll, then what happened? Another fellow that I partnered with, we started Wellings Capital and we took on a third partner who was more of a silent guy, but could sign the carve outs. And we began looking for good size apartment deals. Okay. How did you meet these two people and what were the roles high level? High level, Paul Moore was my primary partner initially, and we were friends from church just had an entrepreneurial bond. And my other partner, Wade, is a fellow that we had met through some other opportunities. He's out of Dallas and Wade's a CEO of 12 different companies and was very much interested in being involved in this as well. So that's when we brought him on. Okay. And then high level, what did each of you do? I was kind of the physical asset guy. I was out pounding the pavement, looking for assets. Paul was the marketing guy and he was out looking for investors primarily. And then Wade, he's got a lot of contacts, but he mostly was a silent partner for the most part and was there to kind of help make sure that the deal got financed properly. Got it. So balance sheet liquidity? Yep, exactly. Okay. What was the first transaction you all did? And how many transactions in total did you all do? Yeah, we haven't done a ton of transactions. We got started at kind of the wrong time. And I say wrong time. We found out very quickly that over about a three-year period, we did deal after, and when I say we did, we evaluated deal after deal after deal. And it was a, about four and a half years ago. And the market was very frothy. Everybody had found out about multifamily properties. So as you probably know, it's difficult to find deals that make sense in this environment. Mm-hmm. And we made it to best and final on 
probably 20 deals and just what we like to call dumb money outbid us. And uh, whether it was 1031 money that knew they were going to lose 20% if they had to pay taxes on it. So they didn't care to overpay. Or if it was foreign money that knew if their economy just took a down hit, they would lose the money. So they didn't mind overpaying. And so we lost a lot of deals to that. Our first deal was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, uh, I know you like to hear the goods and the bads. Um, we, got, we got all the way through due diligence. And this is both our best and our worst deal. <laughs> okay. Um, it was our worst deal because as we were doing due diligence, there were 16 buildings in this property. And we got into the crawl spaces and they were all full. Well, excuse me, the 10 out of 16 were full of black mold. And I mean, not just a little here and there. It was up into the walls. It was mm. in the insides of the building. It was a, a nightmare. And fortunately, we had about 35 people doing due diligence and they were crawling all over that place. And fortunately, we were able to find that because if not, it would have been an environmental nightmare. And oh, yeah. It would have taken us to the bottom of the ocean on that one. So even though we had put 100 hard on that deal, we were able to back out because of this undisclosed environmental nightmare. So it was our worst deal because we didn't turn it and it would have been a bad deal, but sometimes the deal you don't do is your best deal. And that saved our shirts by not doing that deal. What would have been the process to get rid of that mold and how Um, much did it cost? I'm sure you all looked at like, well, all right, it's got black mold. Someone's got to fix it. So what do we do to remediate it? And yeah. what is that going to be? The remediation process is very lengthy, very expensive. We actually talked with some of the folks that were working there, their maintenance staff, and that management team had already gotten, ownership team had already gotten bids on that. And if I remember correctly, and it's been a couple of years, but if I remember correctly, they stopped asking questions when it went over 650000 So we just decided at that point, because there are so many unknowns, there yeah. was no way we were going to do that deal. And so, especially since that was our first deal together as a team, so we just decided to step back. What happened with that property? After we got our, our money back, we just turned our shoulder and went really? the other way. And to Not be honest with curious. you, well, we just decided we didn't want to disclose anything. We weren't trying to hurt right. them in their process. And we just decided that oh, we're going to just take the high road and be gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. I have a feeling they went and finally remediated it. Okay. How many deals did you all close? Uh, so, or, yeah. so we closed after that. We closed 125 unit deal in Lexington, Kentucky. And we still own that one. It's a townhouse apartment complex, and that's going very, very well. I just got off a call a few minutes earlier, and we're 100 percent either pre-leased or leased. So that one is really starting to turn around. It was a little bit older property, 68 or 72, I forget now, but had some issues and had some things we wanted to do to it. So we did those things, had some initiatives for some CapEx. And, um, like what? We came in, we put in a grilling area. We put in a pergola. We put in a dog park. We put in all new exercise equipment. Mm-hmm. We had some wood fascia type problems on the exterior. So we had those repaired and then we completely painted the entire property on the exterior. The interiors had been upgraded approximately three years prior. So the interiors weren't too bad, but everything else kind of needed some new life. So we went through and did all those things and uh, now it's, it's paying off. How much you buy it for? It was in the nine range. Um, it was and just under nine. How much are you putting into it? We put about seven something off the top of my head in that range. Five year business plan? Five to seven. We like to do accelerated depreciation schedules. It'll kind of use that up at about seven. And what type of financing do you have on it? A four-year IO. A private lender, like Bridge Loan? Uh, or Bercadia. 
Okay, so private. Got it. You mentioned 100% leased or pre-leased. Mm-hmm. Some listeners might be thinking, oh, well, that's good and an opportunity because your rents could be pushed more. Exactly. How do you think about it? Exact same way. In fact, that was our conversation. So <laughs> we, are, we are leased. We have six units that are empty, but they're pre-leased. So we told them go to full market rent and bump it past that. Mm-hmm. And that's see an what happens. Yeah, exactly. It's an opportunity. So that 125 unit, was that the one property that you all closed on? That's the one multifamily. Okay. And we turned our attention a little bit after being frustrated on so many of the of the deals just not making sense. So we've helped some raise money for a couple other deals, but they were both self-storage that closed last year. Okay. What about this 3,200 square foot shopping center? That's piqued my interest. Yes, 32,000. So that- 32,000, kind of, yeah. yeah that, that falls under my- that, that Zero is important. So I wrote a book and my book is really for professionals, for physicians. As a healthcare provider, I really wanted to do something for them. And so it's on all about multifamily investing. And I have my worst yield ever. When I bought this property, I was young, I was naive, and I was listening to my accountant. And my accountant, turns out, was in bed with the seller. So I bought this big property because my accountant said, you got to do something for taxes. You need a place to grow into. Your business is booming. Let's go do this. And little did I know that he was getting what I believe was paid on the side, but it was one of his best friends that was selling it. And I bought this property with the idea that, oh man, I can put commercial tenants in there and it'll be great. They'll pay it off. And that was about the time NAFTA hit this part of Virginia and we lost a manufacturer after manufacturer. So the retail industry, I know that a lot of people are talking about that now that, that retail is having a tough time because of the internet and e-sales and all that. Well, it hit Southwest Virginia a long time before that because all of our manufacturing went to Mexico. So I would say in the 65% range as far as occupancy in the retail space. So I'll tell you one of the biggest things that I talk about in my book is that it doesn't matter if you're a physician. It doesn't matter if you're a president of a company. If you're going to invest in an asset class, you better take the time to become an expert and not just listen to the advice of your accountant, your attorney, your buddy, your colleagues at work. You better know all of the ins and outs and you better be able to vet it yourself and do your own due diligence because no one has your best interests at heart other than you. So that's one of the big lessons I pulled from this was you've got to do your own due diligence and you better become pretty much an expert in that field. If you're going to invest in multifamily, you better learn it inside out. You currently have that shopping center. I do. I'm in the process of actually converting it right now to a mixed use. And part of it's, I've got a great tenant in the basement, which is half the building and it's a school. And then in the upper spaces, I've got a couple of medical facilities and then we're going to put in self-storage. So it's going to be a mixed use facility. Okay. Office and self-storage. Correct. So when I say a basement, so the back half of the building, it's, it's on grade. So the back half's walk out. Okay. So they just have to drive around to the other side of the building. But it's a special needs school. They work with Down syndrome. They work with Asperger's. They work with autism. And it's owned by the hospital. And they came in, they pumped a 300 plus thousand in build out. And they signed a seven year with another eight year option. So we're good there. What was the purchase price for the property? For this building? We were at all in with build out and the whole nine yards was 2.7. With the 65% occupancy, is it costing you money every month? Because my medical clinic is here, it's really kind of right at that break-even point. So Uh it's not costing me anything. 
but it's, it's also turning into a great investment yet. And that's why we're going to transition it. What are some things that you've tried to do to increase the occupancy that haven't worked? That have not worked? Well, I've worked with some of the local realtors that said they were the best commercial realtors <laughs> in the area. And they've done a very poor job of getting folks in. And that's primarily what we've done. We've tried ads. We've tried a bunch of different things, but it just hasn't really kind of panned out as, as we had hoped originally when our accountant was pumping us up about it. On the flip side, what are some things that helped you get to 65% occupancy besides your business? So it turned out that the, the hospital was a lead through another real estate contact I had, and their boys just happened to play basketball together and the traveling basketball. And he was the president of the hospital, and he found out about our building. And so having contacts and having a good reputation in the community is kind of what's brought them in, for sure. And so that, that's something that obviously I think anytime you can have a great reputation, that's important. What type of process is involved in converting an office to self-storage? So this is a building. You could consider it very similar to a, a warehouse to some extent. It's just got high ceilings. It's got some openings. It's got a few firewalls, but primarily you can come in and you can do build out. You don't have to touch the structure at all. So the build out is going to be relatively inexpensive. They have a product that's just basically sheet metal and they come in, they measure it. And in a short time, as long as you cut them a check, they come back with all the walls, all the doors, and it's going to be all set up for us. So it's really pretty easy to do a conversion like that approximately how much square footage are you converting and what's the approximate cost for doing so? Upstairs, we've got 16,000 square feet. About six of that is utilized. So it's going to be about a 10,000 square foot space when we're building out. You can usually get about 75% of that is going to be usable, rentable space, not including your hallways and all. It'll be under 200,000 to do that, probably a fair amount less. Still putting all the estimates together, but we're going to come back with LED lighting, motion sensors. We're going to have dehumidifiers in this part of the country. It is going to be climate controlled, so we've got to make sure that that's all squared away. But you know, a lot of the expense has already been paid because we own the building, so that's why it's a pretty easy deal to do. You don't own the building free and clear, do you? No, not yet. Okay. So when you do the $200,000 in conversion costs, mm-hmm. does that come from a new loan? It could. It- and we're still in the process. We may just pull out of pocket. We're talking with a couple of banks right this minute. We're actually talking with a couple of hard money lenders as well. So we're just kind of looking at our options right this minute. And who's we? Me and uh, one other person. Okay. So you're 50-50 on this deal with the No, business. I'm, I'm 100% owner, but my wife's the other. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got it. Fair Wasn't enough. trying to be cryptic or mystical. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just wondering if you had another- No partner on the building. JV no. on this deal. Okay. Got it. Cool. So that's what you've been focused on as well as what you're about to be focused on. Anything else that is coming up for you that you're excited about? Yeah. I was one of the founding partners in Wellings Capital. Uh, that's a company we talked about previously. I'm, I'm in the process of being bought out there. So my other partner's taking it over 100%. So I'm in the process of creating a new company. And we're going to probably just work to be passive investors. And my real, again, my love is professional contacts. So I'm really kind of focusing on a niche of helping medical doctors, physical therapists, chiropractors, dentists, you name it, professionals really focus on a lot of us, unless you work for a big healthcare system, you don't have a predetermined retirement plan. And so um, helping those folks figure out a way 
to make sure that they're highly paid, but wage slaves for their entire life, helping them create passive income. And so our new company, WealthGen Capital, is going to be focused on that. And uh, I'm in the process. We're about probably about a month away from putting a podcast together and we're just, we get all the infrastructure in place and uh, it's going to be called the rental nation and really focusing on just the whole mindset of renting and how entrepreneurs can take advantage and, and create wealth for themselves from that mindset of just renting and not owning. So looking up to people like yourself who have had these longstanding podcasts, I'm a little bit older guy. I didn't even know what a podcast was not all that long ago. So in the process, I've got a couple of young guys pushing me that direction. So we're in the process of creating that. And that's what we're excited about. It's a new direction. And I don't think we want to actually run the assets anymore. We're in the process of vetting a few syndicators, guys that are out there that they do this for a living and they're professionals and, the, and they have lots and lots of deals in their background and they've handled them well. So a lot of physicians don't even have time to really spend it looking at all these different syndicators they can invest with. And so we want to take that out of it for them and really work to bring the two together. And so that's kind of what we're doing. We're in the process of vetting them and, and putting all the infrastructure together. So I'm pretty excited. Based on your experience as an entrepreneur, as a real estate investor, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best ever advice. So when I wrote my book, I came across this article. It was out of, in 2014, it was um, by Fidelity and it was entitled Physicians, Savings Behaviors and Retirement Readiness. And the article discussed how many of the physicians are not really ready for retirement. And because they enter the planning or funding stage of their retirement life later than their contemporaries, they kind of run up against this high level of retirement funding pressure. And it reminded me, because it's not real, it's self-imposed, and it reminded me of white coat syndrome, a medical condition where people just walking into a doctor's office, their blood pressure goes up. And it's, oh. you can measure it. It's a real deal. And so I coined the term professionals white coat syndrome because this re retirement funding pressure took these guys and girls that are very, very intelligent. They're at the top of their fields, but they make crazy decisions on investing. In fact, I read a few articles that talk about how some of the Wall Street firms out there, and there's lots of great ones, but some of them would take advantage of this and say, oh, well, physicians are easy prey. So my best advice ever, and I explained this a little bit earlier, was to make sure that you're not investing because your buddy said to in this deal, I got this insider's deal and you got to check it out. Or because your colleague, you heard your about accountant. Yeah, your accountant or your, <laughs> your colleague said he did it because a lot of times they didn't do due diligence either. So that's the key is just really doing your due diligence, learning about the asset class, taking the time to become an expert. And that way you, you'll feel confident and you can go with your gut. When you come across a good deal, you'll know it. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. All right. Let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great Tenants. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com. Best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book. I'm going to put three. Obviously, I read the Bible quite frequently, and that's number one. I like Grant Cardone's 10X Rule book, and then I've just started Tim Grover's Relentless, From Good to Great to Unstoppable. 
How would you start over if you had little or no capital? Of course, I am kind of starting over with this other company, but if I was... The money part, though, because I don't imagine you're starting with little or no capital. You're yeah, that's right. Reinventing yourself. So. Um, I'd either be a deal finder for other people and just bring them deals and get paid for that, or I'm very intrigued by just using arbitrage in the Airbnb space, or I would maybe work with local real estate investors and just wholesale deals, get them under contract and then wholesale them, and I would never have to invest myself until I build up a war chest. Or lastly, I just go and be a trout fishing guide. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, trout never live in ugly places. They only live oh, in Oh, hey. I have a feeling based on the tone and what you said that that would be the, the number one it could be. Um, it option could be. for yeah. you if you had to start over financially. You never know. What is the best ever deal you've done? Okay, so I'll tell you. The, the best deal, we spent 31000 to make 509000 And... It was a forced appreciation on this 125-unit asset that we have. They had 35000 in gas costs per year that was paid by the previous owner. We invested 31000 in digital thermostats. We're now billing back the tenants because everybody else in, in the same sub-market was billing their tenants for that. If we average a 92% occupancy and we collect 95%, of that 35000 32 will be added to our NOI and a 6% cap. That creates $509,000 in value. Oh, I, I love cap rates when you're selling, especially. Forced appreciation is cool. And forced appreciation, yeah. Even more to the point, forced appreciation. We talked about some challenging deals. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that you haven't mentioned already? Okay, so the worst deal ever, I saw that you were a Texas Tech Red Raider. Yeah. I was on college baseball scholarship at a little school south of there. My worst pitching performance ever was giving up three home runs to the Red Raiders in one inning. Oh, 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 you meant, you meant, you meant investing. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, where yeah. where My, was that in Lubbock? That was in Lubbock. Yeah. Yeah. It's home run friendly park. So oh, I'll, absolutely. I'll, I'll throw you a bone. Okay. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. And the wind must've been blowing out like 90 of miles. Of course. Clear. Well, there is a lot of wind. Uh, yeah, for sure. My worst investment ever. And it will eventually hopefully be one of my best as I convert this over to self-storage. What is the best ever way you like to give back to the community? My wife and I adopted eight children. We have a total of 10, but we adopted seven Russian orphans all at once. At the time, we were told it was the largest single adoption in U.S. history. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what they told us at the Russian embassy. But raising eight kids that were not our own is the major way we do it. We support a couple kids, and we are really hoping to use commercial real estate down the road. We'd like to build a couple orphanages, so that's where our heart's at. What are the age ranges? I won't ask you to say all their ages, but now, what are the age ranges? Now, 35 to 6. 6 years old to 35 years old. Yeah. Wow. Best ever way the listeners can get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing? It would be brian at wealthgencap.com. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Cool. And then we'll put your website, wealthgencap.com dot com in the show notes so best ever listeners you can click through and check that out brian thank you so much for being on the show talking about lessons learned on thirty-two thousand square foot shopping center the lessons that you learned with not the hard way fortunately on the chattanooga property with black mold and the thermostat force appreciation example for the 125 unit in lexington kentucky and how you're reinventing yourself as well or rather evolving your approach to what you're focused on. And then also getting into the details of the shopping center conversion. Very interesting stuff. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you again soon.
Thanks so much, Joe. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting-edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com.